Welcome to Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. In this podcast series, we chat with emerging talent and industry professionals about big topics in the UK music scene right now. In this episode, I'll be chatting to the band Los Bichos about their superb tropical and trippy tunes and also finding out their favourite new music discoveries. Then Simon will join me from the much-loved independent record label Fierce Panda. He's going to give us the inside scoop on scouting new talent and just how scoring a record deal can boost your music career. Plus, like previous episodes of this podcast, we will finish with some live music. My name is Abby McCarthy and you are listening to episode six. This is Who's Next. Hello, I am your host, Abby McCarthy. I'm a TV and radio presenter, bringing the best new music to people, whether that's on the radio, via BBC Introducing and Radio One, or on your TV screens on 4Music. I also run a monthly gig night in London called Good Karma Club. So my first guest today will be Sarah from Los Bichos. For those of you who don't know the band yet, this female five-piece is the type of band that you wish you were a part of when you see them playing live. They just have so much fun up on that stage. Their music is just like pure sunshine as well. Let's chat with Sarah then to find out more about their music and also to get their new music recommendations. Hey Sarah, how's it going? Hey Abby, I'm good, good, how are you? Yes, I am good, thank you. So whereabouts are you calling us from right now? I am just at home actually, uh, at my flat uh, in Crouch End. Have you uh, been seeing the other girls? So No, we actually haven't seen, well actually no, that is a lie. Up until the weekend I hadn't seen the girls at all, so I hadn't seen Josie or Nick for months until the pandemic restrictions were moderately eased so I um I went on a nice social distance walk with Josie and Nick in the Mitcham Common um which is which was pretty cool but yeah I mean we haven't seen each other for three months or something it was pretty yeah been pretty crazy times yeah pretty mad so when was the last time you all like actually played music together then I guess that will be a while oh man it would have been in February well the thing is in February we were still um, we we were still, you know, going full steam ahead with going to South by Southwest. Um, of course. You know, like we were even getting like the visas, like, you know, we were still even getting visas and so forth done in that time. And we were practicing um, together at the uh, when that was happening. It was disappointing, but, you know, that's life and we will be back again. So. You will. You will be back yeah. with a bang, I'm sure. Now, you lot have yeah. been building up quite the reputation, I think, as just one of the most exciting bands around at the moment. But for anybody listening who's not familiar with Los Bichos, fill me in. Like, when did you guys come together? We came together, what year are we in now? We're in 2020, dare I say, 2017 was really mm-hmm. when it... Um, was really when we decided to actually play a show and um, get a band together. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it initially started um, with me and Carolina just having a bit of a fool around and just 
putting out a track together, um, just the two of us really mm-hmm. at, the, at the at the start because um, she had sent through some uh, some cumbia that she had been listening to, and we just loved it so much that we um, we just thought, man, why don't we why don't we try doing something like this? Because at the time as well, I was drumming in a band called Kid Wave, mm-hmm. and that that project was tying up at the time um, because yeah, our singer was moving overseas and um so yeah I had a bit more bit more time to work on something new. So yeah, we, we just decided to make a little instrumental tune together. Um mm-hmm. and we did and then a few, <laughs> I think it was a few months later, um Caroline I actually remember the day where she sent me this message. She um she just said, Oh, um do you remember my friend Agustina? And I was like, Yeah, I've met Agustina and she, she just said, yeah, Agustina's really keen to join the band. Right. Um, what what could she play, though? Because at the time, she didn't, she didn't play an instrument. And I was oh, like, right. oh, let, let's try teaching her kitar because the kitar is a really quintessential uh, instrument in the in the cumbia scene. So I'm like, yeah, yeah great. Let's, let's stick her on kitar. And she learned really, really quickly. And, um, well, yeah, really fast because I think about <laughs> two weeks later, we had our first gig. Wow. So, yeah, she had a lot to learn. <laughs> I guess, did you all have quite a lot to learn about, about cumbia music and kind of all the different instruments and all the different styles that come with that? I definitely had loads to learn. Uh, Carolina and Agustina probably less so because that yeah. type of, the cumbia music is what they're growing up with, you know, as right. a default in Uruguay. I grew up in Australia, so I definitely wasn't getting really any of that. So mm. I, had to, I had to play catch up pretty, pretty quickly. But um. It was really interesting for me in the terms of like the getting the songs together and the production and what instruments could be used. Um, it was really interesting. It was an interesting learning curve for me uh, because before that, my background was purely indie and rock, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what people would want me to do because uh, yeah, I was a I was predominantly playing drums before I had to jump on. Um, well, yeah, lead guitar which was also very interesting at the time because I couldn't play guitar very well or <laughs> proficiently. So it was really, really, it was really tough. Yeah, but, but you've got the thing, that. You just, like, you just get on with it. Well, yeah, you just, it's like we're all learning on the, on the, along the way, really. That's what it's about, isn't it? So 100%. Can... Everybody's always winging it, aren't they? Even if they don't admit it, you know? Yeah, big time. That's pretty much <laughs> what this whole band has been based on, just be like, oh. Does that sound good? Great. Let's see how that goes. Good. That works. Wicked. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what makes it pretty fun, though, isn't it? A hundred percent. I think yeah. that's the the great thing about you guys is when you're playing live, you look like you're having the most fun. You just kind of want to be up there on stage with you. It looks just like you're having a massive party. Well, next time, Abby, if you're at a show, why don't you join us? Okay. Thank you very much for the invite. Count me in. Yeah, honestly, you're cordi- you're, you are cordially invited oh, onto the stage. That's super exciting. But your band, right, you're all very stylish. You've got such a sort of specific, you know, aesthetic. So I'm, I'm going to have to dress up. I have to bring, bring my A-game and uh, get up on stage with you. But <laughs> who's kind of, who's the, who's the, you know, the creative mastermind in the band? Who's the person that's like, right, this is like what we're wearing clothes-wise, this is what our artwork looks like? Or do you all kind of chip in? Well, in terms of like what we wear and so forth, I mean, we really just wear what we want on stage. Um, We're definitely not trying to dress a certain way. I mean, uh, we just definitely want to dress for like what we think looks good on us and what we feel comfortable in. 
mm-hmm. uh, really. But when it comes to shoots and stuff, I would definitely say uh, Carolina and um, Agustina um, have a really, re- have always had a really, really strong vision of what looks good in photos. Because, well, yeah, Agustina, uh, she was working before she joined the band. She was working for Premier Model, mm-hmm. and Carolina is well a, a professional photographer. So they wow. both have fantastic. Um, they have a fantastic aesthetic vision, um, and I think that's really one thing that has driven the band as well. Um, especially when we were first starting out, um, it was we put out a song called "Tripping Party," and mm-hmm. Carolina came up with this. Well, she came up with fantastic artwork and a really, really fantastic postcard as well, which we that was the, it was the same artwork. Um, but yeah, it was. The, those Im- that imagery has always been really, really strong from the beginning. So when was the turning point for your band, do you think? When do you think people really started being like, okay, Lost Bitchos, we need to we need to pay attention to these people? I think the real turning point, if I'm honest, was um, getting our fantastic booking agent on board. Uh, we're working with this fantastic lady, Roxanne, and, yeah, she, she just started to book us more shows, more higher-profile shows, so we got to meet more people um, and we got to drum up a little bit more interest just because we were touring so much. Yeah. And I think when you're doing that as well, it's like you you start to feel a little bit more confident as a band. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, there were support tours, but even still with that, you, you feel a, a certain energy with what's going on in your band at that time and you can really harness that energy and run with it to either, you know, create more music or uh, go in a different direction. But I found from that point onwards, um, things really started to fit into place. So is it correct that right up until this point, you're still taking care of your own releases? So we're currently doing our releases through our manager's label, uh, which is Bad Vibrations. Do you like having that control? Because, yeah, it's a, it's a label that is more independent. You know, your manager runs it. You are, you know, you can closely work on releases together. Or is the aspiration to, to sign to a big, you know, major label? Well, we're certainly looking um, to sign to um, a, a bigger label for our debut album. Um, and, of course, we're just exploring those options now um, because it's not, I mean... With that, it's it's not even it's not even necessarily like oh you know oh thank God you know we've put in all the hard work now and you know finally great we can go to a major label. I mean that that was never really the intention. But I think with a it's really nice to have someone a, a bigger team um, fighting for you and you know really wanting to push you. And a, b it feels really good mm. to have anybody want you know anyone external wanting to put out your music. It's just sometimes when you're on a, a label, that stuff can, you know, you, you're so focused on touring or you're so focused on the recording. Um, and especially with me, I, I was, uh, when I was playing drums, I, I was a bit younger as well. So I wasn't really keeping my eye on the ball with that stuff. Mm. You know, I just wanted to rock and roll and like get out there and smash some drums and drink a couple of beers or whatnot. <laughs> Now, I love hearing new music and I thought you would be a good person to get some recommendations from. So who should I be checking out? Oh, absolutely. Um, the forefront for sure uh, would be friends of ours. They're called Faux Real. Have you heard of them? I haven't actually. This is exciting. Uh, they released a fantastic EP uh, a month or two ago, I think. 
Um, you, yeah, go go listen to it. I was lucky enough to play some drums uh, with them. Not last. Oh, where does where does the time go? I think it was in 2018, end of 2018. Okay. Um, and when I heard these, I mean, at the time when I heard the songs, they were just demos. But even those demos just blew me away. I thought it was just, it was just so fresh, catchy, interesting pop. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's exactly what I'd want from new pop music. Um, it's two brothers as well, Elliot and Virgil, and they're just so talented um, within them, not only in their music, but the, the image that they've created. Um, it's just been fantastic to watch and I'm really, really happy with them and the, their project has just gone from strength to strength. Um, that, that, that was, yeah, that genuinely got me really, really excited. And I got re-excited, of course, when I heard the, uh, the EP come out in its full force. It's a good band name as well. That's important and it's a good one. Oh, real. Oh, yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, with that, that, would be, that would be my local choice and um, I've been absolutely obsessed with the new Thundercats album. Um, genius. It is what it is. An absolute yeah. genius, yeah. Oh, man, I just can't get enough of that. I, just yeah. I actually can't get enough of it. Um, yeah, oof, it just gives me goosebumps even thinking about. Um, but, yeah, that's... The Thundercat album, I mean, all of his albums, really, everything is released is just, it's just so magical and wonderful. I absolutely love that guy. Um, and his band um, is incredible as well. I mean, if you're playing that type of music, you have to be incredible, I guess. It's pretty yeah. hard. Yeah, I went to I went on holiday to, to Prague and I managed to catch him when he was there. And his band, like you oh, say, really? live, are just, like, mind-blowing. So they just, like, jammed for about 10 minutes, but it was, like the best thing I've ever heard. It was incredible. Oh, Oh, man, I love that. We actually, I think we saw him at um, at Glastonbury a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, gosh, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that was wicked. Mm. It was just so, yeah, it's it's the type of music you could just hear and watch for hours, really, because there's always something new and, like, fresh going on, especially with his drummer. His drummer is just unreal. Everyone's unreal. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, yeah. Any any more recommendations before I let you go? I had one come in from Carolina, actually. Oh, okay. She wanted to recommend Uban. I believe they're an Aussie band, um, and they actually they I um, I took a listen to them, and they uh, there's a lot of Devo um, influence in there, which I can definitely appreciate. So yeah, no bad thing. Bloody love a bit of Devo. Um, but the, the, um, so yeah, we've got Yuban and definitely one I discovered yesterday is Tom Mish. Oh uh, yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Oh man. Where, where have I been on that? Yeah. Come on. Where have I been <laughs> on that? Well, he's, he's, um, it's on, it was on BBC six yesterday cause he's just, uh, he's just done a new album. Uh, I think it was with Yusuf, Yusuf days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they've done a whole record yeah. together. It's brilliant. Oh, just, yeah, it's. It's it's hitting all those uh, those thundercat boxes and more. Um, it's re- it's it's wicked. Love that. So some amazing recommendations, Sarah. Thank you so much for your time. Abby, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Later on, we'll get back to Los Bichos for some live music. Now, though, let's chat with Simon, who works at the brilliant independent record label Fierce Panda. Simon is on the line now. Simon, how are you? 
Um, I'm very well. I'm in uh, lockdown, rockdown in the middle of Suffolk, and um, and it's quite nice. Yes, we've all kind of weirdly adjusted to this time now, haven't we? Yeah, we have. I mean, this is this is the longest period I've been without uh, a gig since about 1982. So, um, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of pining for it, and uh, you know, I'm doing my best listening to the radio and and staring at the collection of seven singles. But um, yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't really can't really beat standing in the middle of a terrible venue watching a terrible band drinking a terrible pint of lager <laughs> i think yeah. that's most of the times i see you we're both very sweaty from a, a tiny gig in london so yeah it's funny talking to you via the virtual the virtual world that we're in right now yes yeah absolutely yeah i've been up trying to check out some of the live stuff online but again it, it kind of misses something doesn't it yeah it's not quite the same is it but it's it's something for for now i suppose yeah yeah you have to have to make the most of it so a good place to start with you simon would be kind of a quick history well i don't know if you can do a quick history but a history of the label fierce panda um so we uh, fierce panda started in a pub called the blue posts on Tottenham court road in 1994 and um, and we started putting out uh, little compilation EPs featuring bands like uh, Supergrass and Ash and Green Day, and um, and uh, it was all a little part time project. And uh, I just got really addicted to it. And then we started putting out proper standalone singles by people like Placebo and Scarfo and uh, Oasis, which was uh, the two brothers swearing at each other for seventeen <laughs> minutes. And um, and then uh, it became a kind of full time concern. Um, and since then, we've put out about uh, 350 singles and 120 albums. And um, and we've done we did early stuff by Coldplay and Keen and Embrace and um, and a lot of other bands that were a bit punkier. Mm. So over over the years, what other kind of special standout moments to you? I'm sure like every every single and every band obviously has you know a special place in your heart. But if you could pick like you know the real key moments that or just on another level? Um, I suppose uh, the, the, the putting Coldplay on at the Bull and Gate, um, that, was, that was a good one. We put them on twice at the start of 1999, and the first time they were, they were first on um, supporting uh, a band called Tiny Two and another band called the Peccadillos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, uh, that was January. And then um, on April the 1st, they came back and had and, um, and it was just um, absolutely packed to queues down to the chip shop, as they say. Um, and it's the only it's the only gig I've had to leave because it was too good. Um, I think they're about halfway through Shiver, and um, and and the whole venue was absolutely packed, wow. um, and people were too scared to leave because they knew they wouldn't get back in. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I had to go to the bar and sit there on my own because my little my little heart was palpitating too much. Oh, that's amazing! So, but what we worked out very early on was that um, the the, uh, the the putting out singles was just an excuse for putting for having launch parties. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's there's a lot of lot of live memories like that um, surrounding uh, surrounding uh, releases. One of my favourite memories, I think, was uh, we had the Walkman uh, play at Yulu in um, in the West End, and, um, and they were absolutely brilliant because we were really scared of them. And, um, and we were doing their album, but it's the first time we'd actually met them. And we went backstage which, at Yulu, where the, the dressing room was weirdly enough a squash course, um, and, oh, wow. um, and we were kind of we were kind of like quite nervous. But they turned out to be absolute, absolute gentlemen, really, really, really charming. And um, and the gig was absolutely brilliant. I came out afterwards, and it was snowing. It was snowing over Bloomsbury, 
And I thought that, that was the perfect night. Oh. Now, Fierce Panda to me has such a like clear identity. I feel like as soon as you say the name of the label, people kind of know the exact kind of music that they're going to hear. What, what for you makes your label different to others? Um, well, I'm glad you're so definitive because I haven't got a clue. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there was um, um, a pop, critical popcorn uh, blog reviewed our three new singles the other day, and um, and they were it was a little bit like a Goldilocks and the Three Bears because they did Albert Gold, who was a soul man, mm. and they said that his his singles a little overproduced, and they reviewed Means, um, who are two uh, punk rockers, poet punks from Glasgow, yeah. and they said that their so their singles a bit undercooked, oh. um, and then they reviewed Moon Panda, um, who do like dreamy twangy kind of Californian music, um, kind of very, very sort of six music girl friendly. Mm. Um, and, they, and they said that was just right. So there, there we go. <laughs> a, a weird way of doing it, but also three completely different releases. And the only thing that ties them together, I guess, is the fact that they are on Fierce Panda. It's weird. Some people see us as quite a punk rock label. They remember us for Idlewild and things like that. Mm. Other people just think we're posh idiots that, you know, did Embrace <laughs> and Coldplay and Keen. Um, and, and, you know, so everyone's got their own little opinion, really. Yeah, I bet. But all these great names, how do you discover these artists? Is it them, you know, approaching you, begging you to listen to their demo? Or is it you going to gigs or, you know, being tipped off? Like, what are the different ways that you find new music? It's just a, it's a complete, it's a complete mishmash, really. Um, I mean, in terms of actually discovering bands, I think the only ones I've ever done, I mean, we did Three Colours Red, I went along to see them just because I just really liked the name. Um, but apart from that, virtually every single band that we've ever spoke or discovered, I've been picked off by someone else. Mm. You know, whether Coldplay, Coldplay was their lawyer who happened to be our lawyer, he'd it, just kind of... He was so baffled by the fact that no one else wanted to sign them. He kind of, he kind of given up <laughs> and he asked me to go along and see them. Um, and I quite liked them. And then, you know, we put out the single that got on the radio that they got them the major label deal. Um, sometimes it's just pure fate, I guess. Yeah. You know, because gigs are brilliant. So, you know, our, our current biggest artist is Desperate Journalist. And um, and I saw them at the Lexington um, because I was asking the kids in the office what was going on that night, mm. and they said it's a bit it's a bit dull tonight. But six by seven are playing at the Lexington, and you really like them, so why don't you go there? And it was like, well, I kind of do like six by seven, but you know, it's a bit old hat. I'm not really <laughs> new and exciting. But I thought, yeah. um, you know, they are a good band, a terrific band, and the Lexington's great. I wonder who he's supporting. Yeah. So I just got there early and, and saw Desperate Journalist, that you know, purely by chance. And they're absolutely brilliant. And since then, we've done three albums, you know, purely just, and that was purely on a sort of a ning and a prayer, really. Um, you know, the live thing's absolutely vitally important. You know, we're still putting music out because, um, you know, as long as there's radio stations playing the music and as long as they're streaming, you know, I think that, that that's enough reason to write stuff. So, you know, Albert Gold, Moon Panda, China Bears, mm. you know, there's still stuff on the horizon. But in terms of absolute brand new stuff, it's really difficult because if you can't see the band live, you know, yeah. you, you haven't got the full picture. Um, and then if you haven't had a drink with the band after you've seen them play live, you haven't got a sense of what they want, what they stand for, mm-hmm. and all those other important things. It's very, very rare that we've ever put out a single without ever getting drunk with the band first. <laughs> yeah, I think the best business gets done in the pub, doesn't it? 
Always, very much so, yeah. I mean, kind of, the front of the pub is where the business is, and the back of the pub is where the music is. It's a, it's a perfect combination, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Now, the big question now, but obviously it's quite subjective, what to you makes music good music? Something that's a bit different. I think it's uh, when people say, you know, what are you looking for? I think the answer is, I don't know. You know, I think the best things turn up when you don't know that they exist, really. You know, sometimes you try and lie, you lie awake at night trying to think what what would what does the music industry need now? Yeah. You know, and you you think you know if I had all the money in the world, what kind of band would I build? Mm. How would I you know to to take down the music industry? <laughs> I think what you've got to just do is just go for stuff. You know, there's no point in us. I mean, apart from the fact that we have got three bands from South London, there's no point in us, you know, getting any more bands doing that sort of post-punk thing. But I'm thinking, you know, when Coldplay turned up, they were absolutely ridiculed because, you know, there was nothing like them. And it was that year, you know, 1999, when they first appeared. And it goes down, it's sort of gone down in history as one of the worst years ever. You know, uh, kind of dance music was really, really strong and guitars were genuinely dying. Yeah. But it was also that year that you had Muse did their first breakthrough gig, Coldplay got through, Elbow did their first stuff and Doves as well. So, you know, you you had to be looking sort of ahead of the curve. And if if you, you know, all these people were playing in front of 100 people in Camden. And, um, you know, so it turns out that, you know, on, on the surface, it wasn't a terrific year, but bubbling below, it was it was a fantastic year. And I think ditto for all, you know, the idols, Fontaine's DC, you know, mm. that's come out of, that's come out of nothing, isn't it? You yeah. Know, it's basically bands and just making music that they just want to hear. So I think that's, um, you know, that's what we try and do. We have no set agenda. It's kind of something turns up and it's a bit, it's a bit interesting. Then, then we just sort of pursue it, really. For any, like, aspiring artists that are listening to this podcast, what should they look out for when signing a record deal? Like, what are the, don't, don't do that, don't sign on the dotted line for that, and what are the really kind of positive things that a label can bring? Um, I think what the label brings is, you know, what it tries to bring is a sense of um, community. You know, it was it feels weird now because everything's done on such a DIY budget for so many people, whether it's home recordings or, you know, even with half our roster, they'd already put out their own releases beforehand. And, it, and it's a real struggle, that DIY ethic. You know, if you, you know, the whole point of having a team around you is that you can bounce ideas off each other. You know, you can argue and toss over what the B-side's going to be for the new single. You mm-hmm. can shout about whether the next gig's going to be the Lexington or the Sea by Arms. You know, there are there's so many things, so many decisions to be made. And it's and if it's just one, you know, one band, just four kids on their own, mm-hmm. I think it can be really tough. And I think, you know, with Fierce Pants, I think over 26 years, and, and in the music industry, that's, that's a weird dichotomy because on one hand, it gives us tremendous knowledge and experience. But on the other hand, it you know, the music industry thrives on youth and vitality. <laughs> and and as a label of twenty six years stature, that we are youthful or vital. So, you know, it's it's a curious it's a curious blend. Plus of course twenty five years of knowledge, it, it means nothing now when you know, every three minutes there's a brand new thing being invented that just <laughs> killed off, you know, everything you've ever learned. You know, when we first started out, it was all pink vinyl, seven-inch singles, and now it's yeah. all 
data streaming and algorithms. I didn't even know what an algorithm was in 1994. Yeah. So which acts are you a little bit obsessed with at the moment? Who are you listening to? Um, well, from our perspective, it's China Bears, because I think they're actually brilliant. And Albert Gold, because I think he's absolutely brilliant. And everyone on our roster is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, out there, I mean, we did the first three Fontaine's DC gigs in London. Um, yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we've got a bit, we're a bit behind, uh, we've got a bit, a bit of their history behind us. Um, I mean, just be listening to Lamo again, so... You know, he was playing the new Blinders single today. So there's loads of good stuff there. I quite like the new Disclosure single, actually. That was a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just there's just a multitude of, of just really, really good tunes out there. I think the way it's delivered, though, it's, 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 it's really important that bands learn how to do that. You know, we still get far too many demos from people going like, here's our EP, have a listen. And it's like, well, who are you? Why Why am I <laughs> listening to this? Why, you know, what gigs have you got? What's, what's your story? Yeah. Um, I mean, over the recent years, the best one we had was from Scrounge, who I'd never heard of before. Mm. And they just dropped us an email. Firstly, it said they were from South London, which is good. Secondly, it said that we've been recommended to them by talk show, which mm-hmm. is really good. Um, they put a SoundCloud link in with two tracks, which is actually perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said, and we've got a gig next week um, at Servant Jazz Quarters, which was about five minutes away from our office. So, you know, even if the, even if the music had been rubbish, I'd have probably still gone along to the gig. But <laughs> was, uh, the SoundCloud link was great and the live show was great and they were lovely people. So, yeah. you know, there you go. That's, that, that's, uh, that's demo gold. Yeah. The, the demo gold standard, as it were. Yeah, top tier business. Um, Simon, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. It's been very, very, very illuminating. Right then, let's end this episode with a performance. This is Los Pichos with Pista.
Love it. That was live music from Los Bichos. We've come to the end of this episode of Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Next week, for the last episode, I'm going to be talking to lo-fi indie superstar, Mr. Oscar Lang, about how to write the perfect song. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>